Welcome to Quick Brain, bite-sized brain hacks for busy people who want to learn faster and achieve more. I'm your coach, Jim Quick. Free your mind. Let's imagine if we could access 100% of our brain's capacity. I wasn't high, wasn't wired, just clear. I knew what I needed to do and how to do it. I know Kung Fu. Show me. Welcome back to the Quick Brain Podcast. I am your host and your brain coach, Jim Quick. And as always, we're here to help you to learn quickly. This is a much requested episode. We're going to talk about heat therapy and talk about the mental and the physical benefits and simple protocols that you could employ for greater physical health, mental health, a greater cognitive and physical performance. And we have back on this show, Dr. Susanna Soberg. Now, we just did an episode uh, previous to this on cold therapy. She is the founder of the Soberg Institute. She's also a leading scientist and an expert in cold and heat therapy to reduce stress, to improve health, sleep, optimize your performance. She's been studying this a very long time. I'm a big fan of her research. And this book, Winter Swimming, which I highly recommend everyone in our community gets a copy of this book, The Nordic Way Towards a Healthier and Happier Life. It's such a beautiful piece of art. I am a book nerd, as I mentioned in the previous episode. But thanks for being back on the show. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for the nice words on, on the book. Um, I, I love it too. There are so many beautiful pictures there. And I didn't do all that work by myself, I would say. I, I have a nice publisher who also did a lot of work on putting all the right pictures in. So yeah, we, we got a little bit nerdy around that. <laughs> Yeah, I appreciate the the aesthetics part, but it's extremely also very, very practical and highly recommend everybody get their copy. We'll put the link uh, in, in our show notes as we always do at jimquick.com forward slash notes. Now we talked about in the previous episode, you've done so much uh, to be able to normalize cold and heat therapy as natural ways to improve physical and mental health. And so when we're talking about heat therapy, what is it and why should our listeners explore this and, and how do they do it? So what are some of the benefits that come from, from heat therapies? Are we talking about like saunas, uh, steam rooms? Yeah, so there is, there is actually a lot of research on what happens when you expose your body to heat. And that could be in different forms, as you just mentioned. It could be sauna, which is hot air, but it could also be for example, hot water as in hot tubs or jacuzzi, which I find very fascinating because I like to study the contrast therapy of going into the cold and then to the heat. So the cold uh, tops and the hot tops, I find that very fascinating, uh, but saunas as well. So there's a lot of research on heat, and I think that is more profound when, when it compares to the cold. Uh, so I think there's a lot of studies actually showing both that if you expose yourself to saunas, you will have a better uh, immune system. You will also uh, work on your cardiovascular health. And that is maybe the factor which is most profound uh, and, and shown in, in science. And this is both shown in epidemiological studies where we can see that after many, many years of people doing saunas, and this is a Finnish cohort study where they have followed people for 25 years or more even, but they have done these regular science projects where they have followed up and checked how is their health doing and what they see in these studies is if you do heat therapy as in saunas finish saunas then you do that more than uh, two times per week you will have a lower risk of cardiovascular diseases 
There are also studies showing that when you do these kind of uh, heat exposure, you will exercise the body just like if you were exercising in the gym. A zone two exercise or even more, it could be up to a HIIT uh, exercise actually. So when you sit in the sauna and you sit there for, it should be more than 10 minutes, but you don't have to do more than 30 minutes uh, because that is like the healthy window for this. And when you do that, you will have an increase in heat shock proteins if we were talking on cell levels, which is really, really good for yourself because that creates that protectiveness against cell damage and, uh, and repairs the cells from the inside. And how it shows also in your cardiovascular system is that it lowers the inflammation uh, in your cardiovascular system, which then will lower your blood pressure uh, in the end. And it will also make your risk of cardiovascular diseases uh, lower. And what they found in these Finnish core study was actually, you can say, a, a proof of, on that because what they saw was they had actually a lower mortality compared to those who only did one time of sauna per week. So if you do just more than two, but actually up to six or seven, they could see that that had a healthy outcome, both on risk of cardiovascular diseases, but also lowering the risk of early death. That's a reason why everyone should explore this to doing it a couple times exactly. a week to be able to... Yeah. to lower your risk of dying that's yeah. kind of a that's a big that's a big reward that's a big reward but what i find fascinating also because i had to i compared my own study results of course up against all these other studies and i think that the fascinating part about it is actually that if you compare the minutes you stay in the sauna and you compare that with my study and also with these, you can see that there's this window where it actually seems to be healthy in the short run, which maybe would be my study, but also these studies where we follow people for so many years, we could see that if you just stay there for less than 30 minutes and actually lower than than 20 minutes, then that is a good window for that. So you don't have to overexpose yourself. So coming back to what you mentioned in the last episode about the cold, the micro stress is really where you increase your health. You don't have to overexpose it. And that is also where the safety comes in. Because if you do that, not only won't you maybe see the damage today or tomorrow, but you might see that in the long run. So stick to what you can say, the healthy protocols for this, because that's going to give you most health, I think, in the long run also. Yeah, I think a lot of people do saunas for because they like to sweat, maybe release some toxins. It helps to reduce their stress levels. But that coming back to mortality, reducing the mortality rate, that's huge. For me, it also helps. I mentioned in the last episode, I have some chronic shoulder pain from a torn uh, rotator cuff. It helps also alleviate pain for me Yeah, and uh, reduce inflammation. I'll do mine mostly two, two times. I'll either at the gym, uh, fortunate enough, they have a sauna there. I'll use it to finish my workout. You mentioned how it's kind of like a potentially zone two or even more intense. And so I like yeah. finishing with it because I'm already sweating. My heart rate is already up. It's kind of a continuation you yeah. know, of giving my heart uh, some exercise. I do the same actually. So I have also a sauna in my gym and I also do the same after the workout, I go to the sauna and I sit there. I actually do a contrast therapy there just because <laughs> I love it. <laughs> But I use the sauna um, as a way of finishing my, my exercise because it's actually also very good for, you can say the flexibility uh, of your muscles, but also it lowers the soreness in, in the muscles actually. So I think sauna is really good to, to end your exercise. There's so many benefits for using sauna, and we're fortunate to, you know, in our home to have a traditional sauna and also an infrared sauna. I don't know if there's been equal studies for both modalities. 
but I mean, clearly there are a lot of benefits that are there. Have you seen benefits cognitively? I read, and I don't know if this is true, that potentially regular sauna use could help with memory loss, potentially lower the risk of Alzheimer's. Is there any research that backs that up? There's these long studies, again, I want to mention the, the Finnish sauna cohort who also looked at the risk of developing um, Alzheimer's disease. And I think this comes down to increase of uh, BDNF it could be because there is also a link to when you exercise the body, it's also when you actually use your muscles, you will increase BDNF, which helps with memory. And I think you know this more than I do. <laughs> so, but, uh, but when you do that, then you will have an, a better memory. You will have a lower risk of developing uh, dementia where Alzheimer's is actually one of those that are um, most um, have a highest incidence. So, and we want to do something about it because we don't really have really good uh, treatment for uh, Alzheimer's yet, but sauna actually lowers the risk of developing that. That is because of some of the neurotransmitters going up, but that is also because of the blood flow in the body. Uh, I think that BDNF might be also one of those uh, factors that helps on that. The brain-derived neurotropic factors. Yes. Very, very powerful. Do you want to be able to remember confidently the information that you hear on this podcast? Do you want to improve your memory to easily and confidently be able to remember names and faces, client information, give a speech without notes, learn another language, remember what you read, and so much more? There's a solution, and I call it your quick recall. In just 15 minutes a day, for 30 days, I've designed the ultimate course, how to unlock your quick recall. Just go to quickbrain.com forward slash recall. Enter podcast 15 for your immediate discount as a thank you for listening to our show. Now in the last episode on cold, we talked about you know, balancing uh, and what the sweet spot would be to get the most rewards. And you said it was uh, 11 minutes for the week for cold therapy. What about for, for heat therapy? Is there a sweet spot that you found? Yeah. So I just want to empathize that this study wasn't the contrast therapy, but if people don't have access, for example, to do the code, they can just stick to the sonar protocol. But what we found was that 57 minutes per week divided on two to three days, then you will also have this activation of brown fat and have these benefits that I uh, also mentioned before in the last episode, but I can mentioned that again, but there was increase in um, insulin sensitivity and also an increase in uh, metabolism. So, and more efficient working mitochondria probably in the brown fat. And that is because of the increase from um, heat shock proteins, but activation of the brown fat, which also happens when you go into the heat, but also when you go into the cold. So it means that if you do these short-term protocols uh, of cold and heat, you will have an activation of your brown fat. And it's only 57 minutes per week. And people might think, oh, that's a lot, but please don't do it at one time because <laughs> that is way too much. Um, you shouldn't do more than 30 minutes. That must be, a, you can say, the, the higher threshold for that if I can give that um, advice. So maybe two, two sessions at 30 minutes uh, max, or maybe yeah. uh, three 20 minute sessions would do it. Exactly. So a couple of times, if people are at the gym, like you and me, I mean, then use the sauna because it's there anyway. So, uh, and only maybe two to three times a week and just sitting there for a bit, that's gonna, and I mean, you don't have to do 57 minutes a week. If you can do just half of that, that's also gonna give you some health. So do what you can. Yeah, and that's always, it's do what you can with what you have. Yeah. And you, you mentioned you could also, even if you don't have access to sauna, 
potentially taking a hot bath, exactly. maybe with some Epsom salt, maybe do that before you sleep. For me, I'll, I'll do maybe a sauna or a hot bath with some Epsom salt, help me sleep. Maybe the magnesium is supportive. And then when I get out, I feel like my core body temperature starts to drop and melatonin productions and just helps me to be able to unwind throughout the day and when I delve exactly. with that day. There's a lot of people, is, yeah, you can say have problems with sleeping and, or falling asleep or staying asleep. So insomnia is a really, it's a huge problem today. And actually up to uh, 30 to 50% of, of people today have sleeping problems. So what you could do is taking that hot bath before you go to bed, because that's going to help your body wind down. And also the core temperature will go down. And that's what you need for falling asleep. So you're actually helping your body by exposing yourself to heat. And it sounds a bit counterintuitive, but that's gonna make your core temperature drop actually. And that will help you fall asleep. Also, it will help on your stress level because it activates your um, parasympathetic part of your nervous system uh, while you are submerged into this uh, hot water. So you will have it easier falling asleep. It was the period of time where my uh, kid wasn't sleeping that well. I gave him a hot bath uh, before uh, bed and he fell asleep much, much faster. So hot water, hot baths are a miracle for people who have trouble sleeping. And if people are stressed, this is actually a, a really good way to like wind down and just take a, a, a hot bath and, and, and then you can go to sleep you'll sleep much faster. To be responsible, we covered this in the last episode on cold. We talked about potential risks or precautions. I mean, obviously people don't want to use common sense with this, but are there any risks or precautions that you would recommend to our listeners if they haven't done any kind of heat therapy yet? Yeah, so I would just say that if you have cardiovascular diseases or heart diseases, heart problems, uh, then we don't recommend uh, sauna. And if you have unregulated high blood pressure, uh, we also don't recommend that you use uh, saunas or uh, cold water immersions. Um, and if you are in doubt uh, in any way, then you should consult your doctor and, and have it measured at least so you know. What about pregnant women? Pregnant women do cold water immersions and actually also not saunas because that is also not good for the fetus to get overheated. That is uh, actually a fact that we know by science today that if we overheat the fetus, it can create damage. And also for um, spas and hot tops, that's uh, not something that we recommend. And I just want to end with this. Uh, you mentioned this also contrast. One of the principles is you have is to end with cold. When you're alternating between taking cold dips and saunas to increase your metabolism, prolong some of the benefits, uh, the neurochemicals in your brain. I know Professor Andrew Huberman calls this uh, the Soberg principle. Yeah. Maybe we could uh, end on that. Yeah. Why is it important to end with cold if you're going back and forth between cold and hot? We got a lot of questions about what I use specifically for heat therapy. And years ago, I purchased at retail a Sunlightened Sauna. You know, you've heard all the benefits in this episode, whether it's recharging your mitochondria, increasing collagen production, reducing inflammation, pain, discomfort, detoxification, heat shock protein, so much more. And I contacted on your behalf Sunlightened, and we've secured a discount. If you'd like to look into getting your own infrared sauna, go to Sun sunlighten.com and use the code quick kwik and they will take good care of you i hope you get the benefits uh, i'm very pleased with my unit something that i use three to four times a week and the benefits are absolutely limitless enjoy 
Well, so I recommend that you end on the cold and it might seem a little bit advanced, but you can maybe go for it if you have tried this a couple of times and you feel secure enough to, to maybe give yourself that challenge. So the, the simple principle ending on the cold would be that you end on the cold water dip and then you force your body to heat up by itself. So it means that you, you take your clothes on and then you go home or you just keep moving and um, you could do some exercise also to increase uh, your heat in your body. And that's going to take a lot of demand from your uh, brown fat because that is increasing your heat in, in the body. And that is a healthy kind of fat tissue that we have in the body, which helps you much more than, than you would ever know, <laughs> because it, it's actually your temperature rescuing tissue in the body before the, the muscles because the muscles don't shiver as soon as you just get a little bit cold on the skin or when you do the cold water immersions you don't start to shiver at once but the brown fat is activated and then also the muscles afterwards and when you end on the cold you activate both and in that way the muscles actually signal directly to the brown fat to stay activated as well so in that way the tissues have this cross talk where they work together to increase your heat in the body and takes a lot of demand so that's going to take a lot of uh, glucose and fat away from your bloodstream and in that way you will burn some calories so it's good for your metabolism amazing i mean these are simple things that anybody could do we'll put a link we, we talked in, uh, extensively on uh on brown fat in the previous episode we'll put a link to that episode also in the show notes at again jimquick.com forward slash notes Dr. Sobert, your book, Winter Swimming, uh, why did you write it and who is it for? I wrote Winter Swimming because uh, while I was studying to do my PhD study, I read a lot of literature uh, and I still read it today, but this was the first like read through the literature I did. And while I was finished, I was asked, could you write a book about this? And uh, at first I was like, I was super intimidated. I was like, no, I can't, I cannot write a book. But eventually I was like, okay, because I've been through all that literature, I should write a book about it. And that is for laymen. So that's for everyone who are interested in this. It's, it's science, but it's not uh, very difficult to, to read or anything. So it's very easy and it's bite-sized also. So it's a good way to get started if you want uh, good stories, but you also want the science. So what, what's actually proven uh, by science when it comes to benefits on cold and benefits on heat, but also what precautions should you take? It's an extremely educational and also entertaining read. Highly recommend everybody gets their copy of Winter Swimming. Where can they find it? You can find it online in uh, on Amazon, and you can also find it in some of the, the bookstores. Wonderful. And how do people stay in touch with you and your work? People can find me online. I'm pretty much on, on all the social media platforms, but on Instagram especially, where I'm very active. But they can also find me on uh, Soberginstitute.com, where I uh, have my courses. I teach this uh, as well because I've made this health journey um, about cold and heat and how to breathe uh, and how to use your breath uh, as a way to, to lower your stress level. We'll put a links to everything again in our show notes, uh, to your social media, to your book, uh, to the educational resources that, that you have available. I want to thank you again for for being back on the show. And thank you so much for moving with your mission, so much of this empowering information out there to, to the world. The simple things that people could do, cold and, and heat, to be able to elevate their, their learning and also their life. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me and all your good questions. I, I loved it. Thank you everyone for listening. As always, uh, make sure you subscribe on the platform, that, whether it's on Spotify or iTunes or on uh, YouTube, get your copy of Winter Swimming. 
And uh, until the next episode, uh, be, be limitless, everybody.